0: Alley, Alley. here's Lucas Moura oh they did it
1: Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Plus Dave Podcast. We are the Tottenham hospital theme show, brought to you by a team of Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. My name's Dags. Apologies if my voice sounds a little bit worse for wear this week. I'm not quite sure what I'm suffering with, but I will do my very best to get through the whole show. And if all fails, I will hand over to my very capable colleagues who are not going to be short on voice and words and opinions. And to join me this week to talk about a few games including the Frankfurt game, the Everton game that we've seen and a couple of upcoming fixtures against Man United and Newcastle, who incidentally have just played each other, uh, will be Elio and Dave. I'll come to you first, Elio. Elio, welcome back for another week. How are you doing? How's your general Spurs mental health at the moment?
2: Um, Always good when we win. We've won a couple in a row. We probably just played our best half of football of the season I'd say as mm. well. I had my usual pilgrimage to the match and back yesterday to the and Stadium. it was rewarded with victory. To <laughs> the well, potentially, <laughs> yeah. So, no, all in all in Good spirits. It's very different when we lose, but when we win, then uh, the roughly sort of eight hours out of the house is easily worth it. What I absolutely will say is that these Saturday night kickoffs are absolutely horrible. They were horrible <laughs> when I lived in London, never mind yeah. now that I don't, because by the time they finish, even if I still lived in North London, I still wouldn't get home until an hour after the final whistle at least maybe an hour and a half yeah and your saturday night's gone by that yeah, you point so you have a social life.
1: are you trying to tell us that you actually do things with your saturday <laughs> nights because
2: well i did the last time i lived in london but I was much <laughs> that was younger a long man, time ago
1: it was a long time ago dave welcome back to another show i'm guessing you're not quite in as chirpy spirits as elio you didn't do ask the favor we were hoping for today let's put it that way despite some questionable no, VAR shenanigans and technical difficulties yeah well
0: we've come to expect that nowadays yeah. um but yes, I- I'm glad to be back. Shame I couldn't join you guys for the Everton preview, but at least I get to be here for the Everton review. Mm. Uh, so yes, I'll have some thoughts. I-, I
1: thought you would have had at least a few choice words to say about Everton's lack of a manager. And I'm sure you will in retrospect today as well. So, uh, But before we get on to that, of course, let's talk about the Frankfurt game. It was a bit of a mad game. A lot to talk about. I've made a lot of notes. I got a bit carried away. I'm not going to read all of it about. You'll be thankful to hear. But we didn't make it easy for ourselves, despite it probably being a fairly comfortable game for the vast majority of it. Anyhow, where to start with this one? I mean, we talked about it in the build-up, didn't we? We said all we need to do is take our chances, and we did. Uh, we had a very similar XG, in fact, and we just put away the chances that we didn't last time the difference is we mm. uh we nearly messed it all up didn't we nearly threw it all away how nervous were we? You? we
2: did nearly mess it all up I, I was pretty nervous just because it would have been a very well the spurs i grew up with were just the sort of team to have a commanding lead against someone then that team get a team sent off and somehow yeah. conspire to draw or lose the game and we all well maybe dave wins but the rest of us will remember that fa cup game against manchester city when they're a real <laughs> football club back at the beginning of the noughties yeah. when we were 3-0 up at half-time Joey Barton got sent off mm. coming off the pitch for mouthing off at the ref and then with Temen in the second half they ended up beating us 4-3 with a winner of do you remember who that would have been Daggis?
1: Oh it was just an early challenge Elio um this is a very... You early know one. what? Just tell us, just tell us. John Macken. I, I actually wouldn't have got that. I wouldn't have got that. Oh, I mean, that tells you all you need to know, doesn't it? A player I don't even know, I haven't even heard of. But yeah, that's pretty embarrassing. It, it was very nearly very Spursy, as I said, in our group chat. And uh, thankfully, we're not that team that lost to Man City 3-0 down against 10 men we are a very different animal Where nowadays not? and I think there is credit to be pointed out in that because we had to manage out the game I think Conte by his own admission said that he thought it was done and dusted he was pretty honest in saying yeah we kind of just thought we were going to walk the rest of the game out and we had to adjust we had mm-hmm. to be um, but let's talk about how we got there shall we let's talk about the goal starting off with the lineup, because there were a few changes or at least a few breaks from the norm we had Cezanne on in the team he's had a couple of games in a row Longley was in Emerson obviously not suspended for this one So we saw him again and it was a Mm -hmm. 3-4-3 and we'll get on to talk about the switch to 3-5-2, which may well, through injury, become more of a regular feature for a few weeks. But what do you think of the lineup, Elio? first of all?
0: Uh, it
2: was pretty much as expected. I mean, Longley and Davies are having their games divvied up fairly equally at the yeah. moment. I think I like Longley's playing when we're expected to dominate, Davies is playing when we maybe anticipate a bit more of a threat in games that we need to win, which because of the last couple of results in the Champions League, we definitely did need to win this game. You're always going to see Hugo, Dyer, Romero, Kane, Son, etc. So the same two midfields all the time. So that wasn't a surprise at all. Sessignon and Perisic, well, we know that Perisic right now needs to be a little bit managed because he showed Mm. up injured, but Sessignon was more than okay. I'm not quite sure he deserves the level of praise he has been getting over the past week from our fan base. Uh, I mean, he's been okay, which is how I see Sessignon okay but uh yeah. even so glad that he's finally getting into some kind of rhythm i guess and we deserve the win i yeah. mean the lineup was probably the right one for the day mm-hmm. and the control that we had for the majority of the match suggests as much
1: dave you'll notice i'm giving you plenty of time here to, to prepare for the next question just because i wanted to see if you actually taken the time to watch the highlights of our frankfurt game just because i know that you're a little bit hit and miss when it comes to preparation for these we love having you on the show dave and you're always a credit but, <laughs> but i do question your work at times so you're, a bit, you're a bit like Romario or Little King, you know, you don't really train, you just show up and dazzle, you know
2: yeah I, d- I just guess it every time <laughs> yeah his work ethic for this is better than yours for challenge Elio last season <laughs> that is yeah
1: I can't really yeah but but at least I recognize my strengths and weaknesses and I handed over the rain maybe Short we should five. just
2: make this a one-man show get rid of both of you just I do everything the Dave. Not, the, no plus Dave
1: whatsoever just the Dave um, anyway Dave have you seen all the goals in that game and in particular did you see the what could only really be described as a shambles of an opener for Frankfurt probably fair to say a rare screw up from Eric Dyer, who's been pretty reliable all season and for a long time, yeah. Just look at that. Just a shocking
0: touch, wasn't it? That just uh, mm. immediately lost it, and then it was just a bit of a bit of a melee where everybody was just trying to get something on it, and well, ultimately yeah. rolled out to uh, the coolest person in the box who laid it across for the uh, for that, the finish. That was a um, nice pass, wasn't so, it?
1: I think I think nine out of ten players would have just yeah, smashed think, it into yeah, exactly. the into the body of exactly. players, wouldn't they?
0: Exactly. So it was uh, it was eventually well assisted, but mm. yeah, bit of a. Bit of a nightmare, bit of a, for, for diet, but you know, if it gets out of his system in a 3-2 win and then stars for England in the, in a World Cup winning campaign. I'll, I'll take well, it. Well,
1: let's see. Yeah, hopefully that hasn't gone too far to talking Gareth Southgate out of playing him in the World Cup if, if it comes to it. But anyway, um, he seemed to bounce back pretty well. I don't remember any major mistakes following on from that and I think he showed some good resilience and obviously as a team we bounced back pretty quickly. And it's the old story, isn't it, Elio? It's uh, Son and Kane, once again, 50th combined goal for those two. It's getting silly, isn't it? Every week I'm, I'm almost bored of talking about their respective records and their individual records and there's more Kane records to come very shortly as well. Anything to about the goal? It was almost straightforward, dare I say it.
2: Kane plays it through very well Son finishes the way you'd expect it to I did like the way so- I mean Son opens his body up a hell of a lot mm. before he hit that strike didn't he He really sort of left the keeper in absolute limbo as to which corner of the goal he was going to go and so I think he scored the goal before he even hit the ball almost yeah um, it was confident wasn't it, it was- I really really liked it and yeah. Son's bit by bit beginning to look like Son again and that can only be a good thing I mean it
1: wasn't quite as confidently struck as his next goal which we will get onto and I can't wait mm. to talk about that one but, but either way it looked like A striker informed, didn't it? It didn't look like somebody who'd had a a stuttering start of the season. And that's lovely to see. Dave, I know you love talking about penalty decisions and and controversy and divisive events. Um there's been a lot of talk about Harry Kane, and we'll we'll get on to talk about this a little bit more as a separate thing later, I think, just because it's come up again, not for the first time, the whole Harry Kane potentially being a diver and winning penalties a bit too easily thing. But on this occasion, from what you've seen, do you think this was a penalty? Do you think this was a correct decision? Can you have any arguments against it?
0: No, I don't think so. I mean, unless everybody else is seeing something that I didn't see in the highlights, I mean, I just thought it was clear, you know, there was space to run through to and the defender blocked it off and he, and he went down. Mm. I mean, I, if you think about the, the lengths that VAR is being used currently, yeah. rightly or wrongly, that's open and closed, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. I think yeah. I think there's so many others which are being given as penalties or not as penalties, as the case may be, that are just so borderline that they should just be the ref should just make the call, and it's yeah. not clear and obvious ever, and they should not and they should not change their mind. Mm. Um, this one just seemed very clear to me, and and to be honest, we'll talk about it later, but. Same as the Everton Well, I
1: think the Everton one is probably the one that's drawn the most attention, I guess, being in the Premier League, but also that was the one that a lot of people I've seen anyway have been criticising Kane of going down a bit easily, more so than this one. But nah, You just have to look at Pickford at the end. Wow, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, Genus was making comments about Kane being a very smart player, and it's always a little bit of a, a loaded, sort of backhanded compliment when people say that about mm. Kane. It's like always being very clever, you know, almost like he's being devious, and it always doesn't quite hit me the, the right way. But I guess when you hear Genus saying it, you'd expect Genus to maybe be slightly more more on our side. But but either, what do you think, Elio? Do you think, first of all, with penalty, do you think it was a clear pen? Any questions there?
2: No, absolutely not. I mean, no? Frankfurt play fairly wild football off the ball, where <laughs> they, they do take risks with pretty much every challenge they make up most over the yeah. two legs. And yeah, they can have absolutely no complaints about that. And uh, it was a very kind of, Come penalty from Kane as well, so yeah, no one can have any complaints about that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I know the Frankfurt guys probably did, but um, yeah. no, I think I think it was all fairly kind of straightforward, and I think the fella got a bit lucky not to go into the book for it as well. To tell you the truth, um, mm. getting away with the sort of no triple jeopardy rule essentially yeah, because exactly. yeah. it was just a, it was a silly tackle,
1: absolutely. And of course, Kane smashed it in because we all know Kane never misses penalties, so that was never in doubt so there we go (laughs) clearly up 2-1 and sailing and if we weren't sailing by that point we were absolutely home and dry surely after an absolute wonder strike from Son I mean I think the fact that it's on his left foot just made it look better even though we all know he's completely two-footed but it just made it look that bit more spectacular and also the build-up to it Dave how good was that goal tell me about Son's second goal
0: too close to be a sundarbast yeah. <clears throat> but he absolutely had a for, for <laughs> uh, Yeah, it? it was the right pace, not the right distance though. But um, yeah. but yeah, really nice move the you know the the Kane-Song partnership again. it's, you know You've got two world-class strikers. Well done. Congrats. Yeah, it's handy, isn't it? I'm starting
1: to realise that that helps you win football games, generally. Although, it wasn't Kane. Really, uh, it yes. wasn't actually Kane who set that one up. It was Hoiberg, who did some very Harry yeah, Kane-esque was. work. I actually think... Oh, sorry. I thought, I thought it was I mean, Harry you just Kane. assume it big lazy Dave. <laughs> Dave. You assume when Son scores, you assume it was Harry Kane. But in fairness... <laughs> to to Hojbjerg, it actually was very Harry Kane-esque. And he did a nice little kind of sidestep to take it round the defender, which I've seen him do a couple of times. And, and oh, the, the dribble
2: ball, was lovely. I mean... And the weight
1: of the pass and the, t- the way he just kind of picked his moments and just played the perfectly timed ball. And the worst mm. thing about that is I'm just sitting there thinking, Emerson, why don't you do that? Like, it's not that hard. Okay, I'm, I'm underplaying how difficult it is. It's a very good technique. But he's, that's not his main function. And he did it so well. Elio. Anything to say about that goal? That Thunder Bass. I, mean, I,
0: mean,
2: <laughs> I mean, once again, sort of first, so much credit to Hojbjerg, the way he took it past his man and then had the awareness to pick Son out mm. from where he did. I'm going to give him credit because of the way he's actually playing at the moment to say yeah, he was he deserved looking it. for Son and it wasn't just a aimless <laughs> sort of chip across in He home. did look, you saw uh, him look but, up.
1: It wasn't just a hit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: But the way, I mean, tell you the truth, this is going to sound so bad. Son had so much time to <laughs> read the flight of that bull that I almost expect oh, that of him. Yeah, like, I was sitting
1: here thinking, poor Son, we're spending more time talking about Hoiberg just chipping it up into space than his like goal of the season contender his karate kick <laughs> it was, volley it was it was basically like it, ibrahimovic or
2: it was a wonderful it strike was. the way well he done, got his son. leg that you. high it was sort of it was sort of reminiscent of the gareth Bale one. one all That's those exactly years ago thought. um so so absolutely wonderful volley yeah if I was Frankfurt's manager I wouldn't be thrilled that you're letting a world-class striker have that much time and space to read across yeah. to him a, a floated cross from the other side of the box like I'm not saying that I back Son to score from that every single time but I'd always back him to hit a good shot because he is a world-class striker.
1: Exactly I mean you can only beat what's in front of you but take nothing away from Son that was a lovely strike very Absolutely very good no. goal. Um, and uh, probably cracks his top 20 I'd say maybe give or take um, <laughs> actually a Reminds me, Sullivan got nominated twice for goal of the month for goals in the same game against Leicester which is just brilliant <laughs> I love that mm-hmm. that is just showing off isn't it anyway that's pretty much the point at which we peaked in that game I think it is safe to say although we did have chances to go ahead I think there was one moment I really liked where Richarlison basically just shrugged off Indica like he wasn't there and then played a ball over to Sessegnon who really should have scored actually I don't know if you remember mm. but it was yeah, a yeah, I do. really and nice should... play from Richarlison well safe though wasn't it it was It was hit straight at the keeper rather than I mean yeah you yeah. can call it a save I guess I don't know that much about goalkeeping but it was yeah <laughs> Yeah. I guess, I guess the, the keeper got between the ball and the goal. I guess you can call that a save. But no, the point is, Sesson should have done better. But Richarlison, good credit to him there, did very, very well. Um, mm. I guess before we talk about everything falling apart, it got even better for us when they had a player sent off for... It was a second yellow, wasn't it? Just for basically yeah, yeah, holding it was back. Yellow. Was it Son? It was, it was ridiculous anyway. It, it, it was, he can't have it any was. arguments yet. He was protesting pretty vehemently to the referee for the reasons I, mean, I, I don't have know.
2: No idea what, what was he saying. What he was protesting about. I mean, I mean, who knows? But absolute <laughs> madness. It was, it was such a clear, clear. Um, it could have been a red.
1: It was basically last man. It, I mean, that would have been harsh, but still, it, that's the point. It was an obvious yellow.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a really obvious second yellow. And stupid boy, stupid boy. He really should have had no complaints about that, but somehow he did. But then. A few minutes after that, I think somewhere in sort of uh, probably five minutes after that, Hasebe, who was so good in the first game against us, but was having a mare with Harry Kane this time. He'd already been booked, I think, around the time of the Tuto incident. Yeah. And he somehow got away with both kicking Kane and in the same action sort of Charging down Son When Son was clean through And not getting his own Second yellow I'm, I'm wondering how he actually yeah. Survived any further In the match after that Like he should have had A second yellow too It should have been Spurs versus nine men uh, I don't Not that want to sound greedy But <laughs> come on refs uh, let's not feel sorry for people would have There's been, a lot of, uh, imagine
1: how scared we would have been had the game unfolded the way it did against nine men and we were sitting there staring down the barrel of an equalizer in the 95th minute that what, would have been even worse nine
2: men we'd have probably lost <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> probably probably i'm having a hard time piecing it all together or at least putting everything in order in terms of what happened significant events because obviously that was that was around the 60 minute mark i think and the game kind of died off a bit at that point and just the tempo dropped mm. down and then, and then it all kind of went a bit crazy again right at the end. So um, I can't remember what happened first, if it was the equalizer or the penalty. It was so equalizer. Well, not equalizer. It the, well, the, um, the second goal. Yeah, I already accounted for the equalizer that I was dreading in my head. Yeah, so their second goal came for, before the penalty then. And that was the what, 86th minute? It was minute? a
2: corner. It was, yeah, I mean, it was um, sloppy. Yeah. It any- It's a corner that we maybe needlessly gave away. Yeah. But I, I think by that point, Frank, had pressed us back with their 10 men quite a bit mm. I think our subs had a lot to do with that our subs just seemed to not quite work out on the day it happened yeah. um, we, we saw a sub working brilliantly yesterday against Everton against Frankfurt the sub seemed to sort of undo a bit of the good work Skip came on and didn't really have his best one yeah. Lucas came on and I'm, I'm not quite sure if he That was the, the first time we've seen Lucas in a long truth. time wasn't it? Yeah, mm. Yeah it was a nice cameo from Hill obviously but I think the general kind of texture of the team didn't really hold up scrutiny once we made the changes and yeah. and we almost suffered for it. But so they, they got their equaliser, well, their second goal from, it feels like an equaliser, <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> this their, is like what calling the, the
1: equaliser against Chelsea, the winner, isn't it? Um, exactly. Uh, to be honest, I, I think this kind of vindicates Conte a little bit in the sense that he's been coming out, you know, the whole quote about, I, I don't want to play him, I'm not stupid, I don't want to lose and that was taken out of context. Mm. What he's basically saying is I need to stick with the plan and the players don't know the system and, and know how to execute these automations because we saw what happened when all these players suddenly came on and it was a different team we fell apart and that's not because they're bad players it's because they're not prepped to play in unison the way they're supposed to i suppose and everyone's like why don't you play um, spence more why don't you play basuma more and obviously there's a reason and we saw that reason you think that's fair to say to an extent anyway
2: partly i also think having Davinson sanchez and emerson on the right hand side of yeah, our makes pitch us at worse. the same time is always a recipe for disaster yeah, you've yeah. got two guys who just do not like having mm. the football which is quite worrying when the game is football exactly
1: and then to round things off we saw um brian hill do his best impression of leonard messi followed by harry kane doing his best impression of chris waddle slash roberto baggio um he'll (laughs) Did really? Well. I was really sad for him that he didn't score because he deserved it. I think you see how hard he's trying. I really want him to get a goal. But he did well, and he left his mark on, on uh, the game he, in the he five had a good minutes cameo. to the bottom. Worried about Kane at all? As for Kane. I mean, he got, he's, he's scored a well, lot well No, so.
2: Kane played very well. He played very well again yesterday, yeah. but he was absolutely knackered. If anyone should have come off, it should have been him. He was knackered by the time he got into the position to cross for Hill and completely screwed up what should have been an easy layoff. He was absolutely knackered by the time he took the penalty. Yeah these things happened thankfully it didn't cost us thankfully
1: and we are now top of our champions league group with a game to go is it or two games ago Two In, games, two to,
2: games game. to go. If we win the next game, we're we great. qualify. Very nice.
1: It'd be lovely to have that last game to rotate a bit and rest some players, wouldn't it? So fingers crossed we can we can do it. Moving on then, let's talk about Everton at home. Uh, and Dave, I know you weren't around to talk about this game. And I know how much you'd love to talk about Frank Lampard. So I'll give you the opening go at this one. So we won 2-0. It was a pretty routine, you know, on paper, on the looks of it, pretty straightforward win. We were very good. Is that kind of what you would have expected from this game? Do you think 2-0, if if you were being honest, and I'd asked you before the match for a prediction, do you think you would have said 2-0 or thereabouts?
0: Yeah, I think I would have hoped for a 2 or 3 0 result yeah. for Spurs because that's the kind of result which is like if we were in control 2 0. You yeah. could have almost shook hands on it before the game and then not bothered playing. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of result you want against a team like Everton who, you know, they are going to struggle this season. I think they'll probably be all right. I think they'll probably stay clear of relegation. But mm. it feels like Lampard's doing a similar thing to what he did with Chelsea when he started to really focus on the defensive side of the team and basically. It feels like they've lost the ability to score goals, yeah. but they don't concede many, and they look really organised. Probably progress so is one it? of the, th- the main takeaways that I took away from certainly what I saw was that you know you didn't get many chances, mm. and I thought Everton did look really organised defensively, I mean, and I guess that's you know yeah. that's what happens when you sign Tarkovsky and Connor Cody, who are two England defenders. You know yeah, you might not like exactly. uh, well Tarkovsky specifically. I'm not a big fan of him. I think he's a bit of a a bit of a brute, meathead. Yeah, brute meathead. <laughs> yeah, bullet dickhead something along those (laughs) lines Um, but yeah you you can't argue with the fact that they've bought well in that central defence and then in terms of the goals uh, again we talked about the penalty the clear penalty Um, Mm. I don't think there's any issue with that you know ultimately you know if a keeper stretches out to get the ball misses the ball gets anything of the player the player goes down the keeper's head is like literally buries into the ground yeah. when he sees what's happened. And it's a penalty. Yeah, that's always it's your need to know, doesn't it? it really. yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and then I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just, going, just
1: going straight through. No, you're, you're now, just doing the, the whole Hoyberg whole review goal. by yourself, Dave. This is it. This is yeah, fine. The, the, we the don't Hoyberg even need to be was, here.
0: Was well, yeah, exactly. It's, it's the Dave show, right? <laughs> yeah. um, the, the Hoiberg goal was a massive deflection. Yeah. Attempted to say it wasn't I've, even Hoiberg's goal. I that. And I'm pretty sure Pickford would have just put his hands up. And but just like the assist
1: for Son, we give him the benefit of the doubt because we love Hoiberg at the moment. Exactly. If he's rubbish exactly. for the next three yeah, games and he does there. that, we're calling it a fluke.
0: Exactly. You've got to be there, and you've got to go for it. And he went for it, and he went
1: in. Yeah. Yeah. All things considered, I guess it probably wasn't as exciting a game as the Farofer one, even though I think we do like to try and put a bit more focus at the moment, at least on the league games when we do our reviews. So let's try and give it a bit of uh, of attention because there is a lot to say about it. And I think there are some notable points. I mean, we had a lot of. You said we did have loads of really good chances, but I think we just took so many shots. Yeah, we had 21 shots, Mm. amounting to a 2.49 xG, which obviously is pretty reflective of the score in the end. Everton pretty much created nothing, although they probably did have the best chance of the first half I think it was uh, what's his name Onana was it what, what's chances, my name one was after- two,
0: two good chances they had a couple Damari Gray yeah, Damari Gray had
1: one I think yeah they, they had a couple and, of big chances yeah. but overall we created mm. a lot more 62% possession we had which I can't imagine we've had that in a while the way we've been playing this season well, which is interesting like,
2: as Dave alluded to Everton came to spoil and to defend yeah, uh, I yeah. think mm. I I made the comment yesterday that Fat Frank is doing <laughs> his best Big Sam impersonation and that's in what it was way. they didn't want to cross the halfway line unless <laughs> yeah, quite. they didn't want to cross the halfway line unless it was absolutely simple and easy to the two times they did were both off the back of huge blunders by our players one by Kane and one by Hoybia. and other than that they never had a sniff or all match not one shot on target tells the whole story we were camped in their half throughout both halves and I think I was beginning to worry given that having a lot of the ball and having to break down a defense isn't our strongest suit where most of our attacks are off the back of sort of catching teams and countering so they the fact that we haven't had to do much of that showed by the time we got to half time where yeah. anything sort of threatening we did was off the back of a bit of individual brilliance like Kane when he went down sort of the right hand side, for instance. Mm. But then second half, much as let's hope for calf is okay and it's yeah. not one week and not a one month or two month, uh, yeah. it helped us because the moment Basuma came yep. on and we went three five two, fewer attackers. More attacking. We we suddenly found ways to actually get at Everton. And I think the way Conte made that change suggested to me that even if there hadn't been an injury it was a planned change of system because otherwise he could have just brought on Lucas or Hill and kept the system the same. So yeah. suggested to me that Conte wanted to see how the first few minutes of the second half looked. And then if it was much of the same from the first half, he would go to three, five, two. And all of a sudden you've got Benton, Cour, and Hojbjerg doing what they did against Brighton yeah. and closing and down yeah. sort of areas where, and, and Leicester, yeah, and mm-hmm. closing down. Area, yeah, but Leicester was different. We were <laughs> the lead in Leicester. that game already. Yeah. Uh, well, no, we, we're in the lead at that game against a tired side chasing the fair, game. That, that's fair. not the same as yeah. being at nil nil against someone and having to break them down. So we suddenly were, Bentica and Hoybjerg had the freedom to sort of, um, get at, uh, Leicester and actually win the ball in areas Leicester didn't want us winning the ball. Basuma just our defence didn't need to defend against Basuma was on he was a one-man defence himself and it really showed the value of him and I definitely want to see a lot more of that and Kane and especially Son seem to really enjoy actually having the midfielders doing their running for them and Son stayed so much more Mm. central and I think actually where Son's evolved and he's a little bit bulkier and even though he's still got pace he's maybe not quite the nimble player he used to be I think he prefers being a bit more central now Mm. rather than out wide so, and yeah. and all of a sudden Perisic had the freedom of that left-hand side he was getting crosses in Son could have scored with a header if he knew how to head a football and, and yeah. we looked a hell of a lot better and by the time the penalty came we definitely deserved to be winning so yeah. uh no really r- really think I told you yesterday I'm a convertee now I think Three five two from the start yeah. will actually work for well, us. Every time
1: we've played it, whether it's halfway through a game or from the beginning, it seems to have gone well. And there's actually a quote mm. from Conte who was asked about Basuma. He said, Basuma played a really good game. When we go to play with a midfield three for him in this moment, it's better to have two with him. So I guess from mm. that, we can assume he's not going to be playing one of... Benson, Kieran, Hoiberg, and Basuma. It's going to be all three. So, and obviously, with the injury to Richarlison now, it looks as if we don't really have any alternatives. And, and that's probably going to be what we'll, well see if- for the, at least the next few games.
2: If we assume that both Richarlison and Kulisevsky are out, yeah. then you've got Kane and Son starting, you've got Hill and Lucas on the bench, you at least still have a healthy complement of players for the couple of positions. So it's not the end of the world. Obviously, I really want Kulisevsky and Richarlison to be fit as quick as possible, especially Kulisevsky because he is, well, he's our bombs-off seat player. He's yeah. my favourite thing about watching us play at the yeah. moment. But I think three five two looks like it makes sense based on the personnel available. Right. And also... Hands up because I've been saying, no, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. Not sure about the midfielders, whether they can blend properly for it. Mm. But it seems to be the thing that's working best for us right now. And you think
1: he gets the best out of Son as well, right? Perhaps slightly less defensive responsibility in that system and a bit more central.
2: I think that... Even in Son's time in this league, obviously he's now 30, not 22 when we signed yeah. him. He's a little bit bulkier than he used to be. Not much, like he's still mm. quite lithe, but he's he, you look at him, and he looks powerful now. But I think he just far prefers playing off the shoulder of a centre-back than a full-back now. He's a striker um, now, not inside
1: forward, basically. Not a sort of inverted winger. Essentially, winner. yeah.
2: I think he's not going to get every team these days, apart from us with Emerson, obviously, but every team these days is starting quick nimble fullbacks and Son isn't getting much space to get in behind those players but if you put him a bit more central then like hell do Connor Cody and Tarkowski want to be having to deal with that pace coming at them at any given point I mean Tarkowski had to do it once for Burnley when we dropped him 4-0 and Son scored by running the whole pitch so he knows all about what Son can do when he's running out yeah. so uh, I think that it suits Son and I think Kane actually likes having someone that close to him as well uh, yeah, i think yeah. it brings the best out of him at the moment too
1: uh, i think he was probably the best player in the game as well kane which is obviously no shock no time to the books uh what did you mm. think dave from what you've seen impressive performance kane look like he's kind of if not at his best close to it and looking like harry kane
0: yeah i think it's important that i think you mentioned on the chat the difference between kane any old time in his career yeah he's a goal scorer yeah mm. but but it seems like at the moment he he is very much a an all-round world-class footballer who's playing on form and playing at the top of his game, and I think that's it's really positive because it means that you don't just have the goals, you have the set-up player, you have the you have the ability to equally importantly. And I know he's not your captain, but lead by example. Mm. You know, he's one of the senior members of the team. Everybody, everybody obviously will look up to him. Yeah. And if they see that he is not only putting the goals in the back of the net, but also mm. getting stuck in, getting creative dropping deep, getting the yeah. ball, laying off to two other people, getting everybody involved, then it's it's only a good thing. And, you know, you'd probably have to say, I mean, I haven't thought about it a lot, but I'm struggling to think of someone who's more all-round, world-class forward right now, playing right now on form. Um, mm. I don't think, you know, obviously Haaland is banging in the goals, yeah. but he's not going to
1: get the assist. Well, the two that always and come up are Benzema and Lewandowski, but... Who are both very complete forwards. But Benjamin's
0: not particularly in the goals. In well, order,
1: I, I don't know, actually. I mean, Lewandowski,
0: no. Lewandowski's scoring yeah. some goals. Um, but even he's more um, advanced uh, forward,
1: isn't he? He doesn't drop and play. Exactly, he can. Yeah. He's Lewandowski's skillful. Lewandowski's
2: a tall poacher. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's more like Haaland than Kane probably but somewhere in between no I, I agree with you and the thing is he is scoring goals this is the thing i mean i think people are somehow falling into the trap of thinking that harry kane is not scoring a load of goals and we've talked about it last week because well,
0: he's of harland but he
1: is yeah he's scored he's scored in his last five premier league games which we can't say about adding harland anymore i might add um and he's actually had a goal involvement in each of his last eight and and incidentally 13 in his last 14 against everton so just to rob salt in the wound there um yeah. but yeah his goals his goals 90 minutes are literally one if if Haaland hadn't signed for Man City this season and they were still rocking out some kind of combination of Force nines, Jesus or Foden or whoever, and, you know, getting their goals from everywhere, we'd be talking about Kane in much different terms across the media, I think. We'd be singing his praises a lot more. Um, and maybe we like it this way. Maybe we want to float on the radar a little bit for the time being. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but speaking of Kane, let's talk about the, the next penalty incident. And Eddie, I want to get your thoughts on this one, because this is the one I think that's been in the headlines and a lot of Arsenal fans are jumping on it and calling Kane a dime. Mm. and all of this stuff um, you think this is a penalty don't you absolutely I mean it's almost really, silly that we have to talk even, about it
2: even the most ardent sort of disliker of Harry Kane for whatever random made up fantasy reason that person yeah. has I don't understand how they can contest that this is a penalty in any kind of honesty. Yeah. I mean, just look at the way K- Kane is not an acrobatic human being. He's not, a he's an ungainly human being. <laughs> he, he, even when he pulls off great skills, they always look a bit awkward. Yeah. So how would he manage to manufacture his body to fall? Just look at the way his legs go. You cannot fall with your legs curling around and flying around like that. its It's yeah. impossible. It was the impact that made him fall like that. And, as far as I'm concerned, Pickford doesn't touch the ball. No. He does take out Kane. It's a penalty. Yes, you, yeah. there might be people saying, "Well, did Kane lean into Pickford to get the, the touch?" Is, even if he did, I'm even sorry. If, even but- if he
1: did go, even if he did sort of make the most of the contact, as people are suggesting, to be polite. Surely, if he doesn't go down there, he's got to tap in. Or, at least by his standards, a very easy chance. And I don't care what you say. If you're Harry Kane, you want to put the ball in the net in open play. You don't want to take the penalty. If you think you can score, and he, he would have thought he could score because the ball was right there a few yards away from an open goal, he would have gone for it. He wouldn't have taken the penalty deliberately.
2: I'm sure he would have. I mean, to tell you the truth, it's the other end of the ground for, for me. It all happened really, really quickly. I've seen yeah. the replay yeah. since. Maybe he'd have got to the ball. Maybe he wouldn't have. That is not the point. The point is that he was taken out in the box. If that happens anywhere else in the pitch when a player is chasing a Ball, it's a free kick and a booking as well so why this wasn't a i mean a rugby tackle in the middle of the pitch is ascending off actually not a booking so yeah. this was a penalty all day mm-hmm. long now i know there's the wider question of does kane yeah, dive? Let's get into and kane was kane was once famously put in front of a screen after oh, um winning a ridiculous. penalty i think against
1: arsenal and has that ever happened yeah, since was- or, or before for an, Not any to any other. other player. Player.
2: I mean, they didn't do it to Gabriel last week against Liverpool. No, no. Uh, they didn't do it to. They haven't done it to Jamie Vardy. The countless times he's gone down easy, but they, they did it to Harry Kane for whatever reason. That and I think this is just a symptom of being by far the best striker in the country over the last decade and the best English striker, definitely of the past not since Shearer without uh, any shadow of a doubt I'm including Rooney in that and I think that kind of sort of status just means that people will give you that extra bit of attention and Mm. detract from you wherever they can Shearer kind of got away with it actually I mean he tried to decapitate Neil Lennon and no one made a peep about it but uh, Wayne Rooney was a dirty player
1: Rooney yes but not so much Shearer history doesn't remember him as a violent or aggressive type of player really even though everyone who watched him he couldn't
2: jump without his elbows he couldn't jump without his elbows but but England just loves to take down its best and this is how they're doing it with Harry Kane I've Mm. never seen him have a penalty where there wasn't contact yes on occasion he's gone down easily Go back 10 years, 20 years, 30, 40 years. Every single striker, if they think that they're not going to score and they feel the contact, will get down. doesn't matter if they're English or foreign, because I know a lot of people, I'd say, our foreigners brought this into the game, didn't they? Ian Rush used to do it. Gary Lineker used to do it. Clive Allen used to do it. Tony Castellarino used to do it. They all did. So as far as I'm concerned... The criticism Kane gets for it is completely unwarranted. I'd go as
1: far as to say it's not even cheating when we're talking about it in those terms. And Dave, I want to get your opinion on this in terms of Harry Kane, but just generally, because I think that it is part of the game. And I always remember listening to Michael Owen talking about this exact thing when he was a pundit. And we can sit here and laugh about the ridiculous things Michael Owen says in punditry all day for a whole episode if we wanted to. But this, this actually bought me a tiny bit of respect for him because he was being very honest about his playing days and about how he would essentially dive, not. He wouldn't use those words, but he basically said, it's part of the game. One of the skills that I had was when I felt the contact, I'd go down because I know I'd get a penalty. And if you don't go down, you're not going to win the penalty. And he was being very honest about it. And I guess you can do that once you've retired and you don't have the win over referees anymore. But Dave, do you think that that is actually like a legitimate skill and not something we should look down on or demonize? Do you think that in the game of football, part of a striker's job is to actually make sure that when someone's kicked you, you get a penalty for it?
0: I think there's a naivety of people assuming that that's not part of the game. Mm. That's not part of a part of a skill set of a striker. I mean, perfect example today. Patrick Bamford yeah. um, was through on goal and was pushed and did not fall down, mm. and therefore the Arsenal player was not sent off, and we did not get a penalty. He then missed. <laughs> So we were worse off because he stayed on his feet. Now, don't get me wrong, there's a, there's a virtue in strikers staying on their feet and trying to score legitimate yeah. goals. Not that a penalty is not a legitimate goal. But you know, sometimes you just you do just go, oh, gosh. Yeah. I wish Should've i wish, I,
1: wish down. Some,
0: I wish sometime people would be less honest. You Especially do see it sometimes, players. don't you? Take, take, to honest, there was one no with Son
1: earlier this season before he'd scored where he was fouled for on goal. I think there was a red card off the back of it. I can't remember which game it is. Elio, you'll probably remind me. Uh, and he just got straight back up to his feet, scrambled to try and get to the ball because he was so desperate to actually score. He didn't want the foul. He just wanted to. But that just doesn't really happen because I think if he did that, if he tried to stay on your feet, the referee wouldn't call it back to a foul. They'd be like, ah, I couldn't have been that bad. He didn't go down. But it could still distract you. It could still throw you off balance. It could still lose you that vital split second of time that you need to get to the ball first so what's the alternative you've got to just go down and take the foul and it's not a dive a dive is when you know the dive is Rivaldo there's no dive is just Neymar when someone's a good foot away from him and he just flies up in the air I mean we've seen it a million times
2: if you want forwards to feel contact and stay on their feet because there's a possibility they still could score then you need referees or yeah. video assistant referees let's to come say to who are tough enough to exactly yeah. who treat it as a yeah. giving an advantage situation and because mm. they haven't actually they, been able to score because they're
1: if a strong player takes a kick and he just stumbles over it and then shoots and hits the post it'll look like it was nothing and it will be so controversial and that's why it won't happen i and i agree with you earlier i think that's it that, that's the ideal world but i just don't i think that's we're so far from that and it's not as exciting either it's not as dramatic i don't think i think that moment where someone goes down there's a theater to it
0: well that's it you have to rethink several things yeah. there you have to rethink the advantage of mm. if you wanted to do that because what you'd have to work out is what is an advantage what is an advantage mm. from that situation and you'd have to say an advantage is a goal and anything else is not an advantage and that, yeah i mean people are going to start you know people write books about that
2: yeah Yeah. but in this situation it should be because if you're in a situation where the guy's thrown goal and he's been fouled but he still manages to keep his composure to an extent but not as good as it would have been and hit a shot but the shot blazes over or goes straight at the keeper or whatever Mm. because he hasn't had that extra second that he would have had without that contact then you
0: pull it back and give the penalty i agree so what about when so what about when the striker is fouled but stares hmm. on his feet and then absolutely thunder bastards it into the top corner, but the keeper pulls off one of the greatest saves of all time. Is that a red
1: card penalty? <laughs> Technically, it'd have to be, right?
0: I'm going to
2: think about this until yeah. the end of the we'll episode. Come back to you, <laughs> and stay answer, tuned. I will answer it after challenge earlier. Stay we need to talk about the second answer. goal. Of we, the game. we do exactly <laughs>
1: incidentally Anthony Gordon has apparently had four yellows this season alone for diving for simulation, which is outrageous. Why is that not being <laughs> talked about more? That's what I want to know. Um, but yeah, uh, on the Kane thing, just one last thing. I mean, do you think there's an element of it of him being a bit too clean, a bit too prim and proper? He's just this kind of. We talked about last week about his mental health charity foundation. The fact that there's never any scandal about him the fact that he is such a great player seems like such a nice guy there's there's really no sticks to beat him with so we have to just scrape the barrel just say oh he dives or he what what was that thing a few years ago oh, he backs into players and tries to end their careers with his cynical tactic of trying to knock people head over heels and hit their head on the floor Do you think there's a part of it that's just, we like to build Um, people up so we knock them down? A bit like with Beckham after the World Cup, I suppose. Although there there was something that happened Loads of Beckham. Yeah.
2: So I think the thing is with Kane is that... He does play fairly street smart football. He will make lives difficult for opposition players with what he has, which means that he will, if he's in a situation where him or the other guy's going to get a bit hurt, he'll choose the other guy. If there's a situation where he can get a free kick where he wouldn't have been able to get the shot off, he will make sure he gets the free kick. Now, he is not pushing the rules so much as he is just making sure that he applies them very pristinely and that is exactly what he's doing he's essentially letter of the loring, the rule book to make sure that he can maximize his output and therefore maximize his chances of getting a win for his team and i think if the rules were slightly different, then he would adapt to what those result. I don't think he's bending any no. rules or breaking any rules in the slightest. I think he's actually applying them to the letter of the law and making sure that he can always say, "Well, actually,
1: yeah,
2: this is how we're it all playing the be. same game."
1: so yeah absolutely i agree with you and yeah i think that's probably more than enough for the time being i'm sure we'll come back onto it the next time we get a controversial penalty but uh the important thing is that Kane not only won the penalty he converted it after having missed his last one of course so very well done to him against a keeper that obviously must know him quite well in jordan pickford so um very well done smashing that in second goal let's talk about that quickly before we move on to preview the next games uh Nothing special. I mean, it was a lovely ball from Bensenkir, I think. And obviously, they've mentioned it was a, maybe a touch of a of a rebound. But Hoiberg deserved that goal, didn't he? He's been brilliant this season. Three goals, three assists, and an ever-present in our midfield.
2: Him and Bensenkir are both playing well. I think the midfield combination hasn't always looked right, but as individuals, I think they've both had good games almost every single time. And he absolutely deserves to get on the score sheet because he is... He's really improving. He's changed my opinion about him yeah. a lot. And I feel like we're, we're quite blessed, actually, that we've got four very good options for midfield at the moment yeah. at the club. And him and Benzicore are deservedly making number one and number two their own. And, mm-hmm. well, I didn't think he was going to survive Conte. I didn't think he had the athleticism. He didn't have the mobility. He didn't have sort of the overall awareness. But it goes to show what having a proper manager and not sort of a yesterday's man or um, well hmm. I don't know what Nuno was but he wasn't very good um, was it goes not. to show up having someone like Conte in charge does. this is why Conte wins leagues because Conte can make Hojbjerg look like a far far better player for us I mean someone recently described Stefan Freund in fact it was <laughs> yesterday um, they described Hojbjerg as just a Danish Stefan Freund I was thinking apart from the fact that Hojbjerg can passable controllable winnable and yeah. Yesterday scored as many goals in one game as Freund did in his entire career for us. Um, Hojbjerg is other than that. a really clever guy. And I think what I told, I, I said it last week, didn't I? I said, even though he hasn't got quite the body or the skill set to do everything he wants to do, his mentality is so good and it's so win-orientated yeah. that he will pull off a few of the things that make you think, Oh, actually you're a really good player, why don't you do yeah. this more often? And he will always give us that sort of 7 out of 10 baseline as He's one well. of these
1: players that will step it up when we need him most, isn't he? You can imagine, you know, you're losing, you need someone to actually pick up the game by the scruff of the neck and drag everyone along and get everyone to... You know, he's, he has got captain... Material about him, hasn't he? Without being our captain. He's definitely Absolutely. that kind of character. Um, perhaps of all his great achievements this season, getting you to admit you were wrong might be up there as his best, I have to say. Um, let's move on I to the next one. Just quickly on Heuberg, yeah. am
0: I right in thinking that he scored two against us last season against Leeds?
1: I think he scored two. I think he scored one and stepped one up. in each game? Oh, maybe, actually. He may well have done.
0: Hmm. So I'll, my knowledge of Heuberg is, is a goal machine. He but. is, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: he's also probably the player in our squads that is most similar to Conte the player
1: that's a good point actually and that's that why really he says him. a lot about yeah. why. Con- exactly bit of a water carrier not the flashiest <laughs> more hair <laughs> where, where we talk. just yeah. just <laughs> give it a year or two give it a year or two um dave uh, i know that you are always the epitome of professionalism and completely impartial on all matters football so um you're the perfect person to talk about our next opponents who are manchester united and I, I want to hear what you think about manchester united and them under a manager who perhaps you underestimated dare i say who are starting to look okay at the very least are they a bit better than okay Are they going to be a challenge for Spurs at Old Trafford, a ground where we have not won since October 2020 under Jose Mourinho, where admittedly we did win 6-1. But still, we've not had the happiest time (laughs) in recent memory against Man United. How do you think that game's going to go?
0: Well done getting that victory. Um, Manchester United are a...
1: Careful now. Mid-table team.
0: They are. They're three points off 10th.
1: Yeah, how far I think, are they off think, us if they beat us, though, Dave.
0: Well, they're not going to beat you. <laughs> they're seven points <laughs> heard, on, behind first.
1: you. Did you hear that, Edio? They're not going to beat seven us. Seven points
0: behind you. I, oh, you know, fact. they've <laughs> they've they've conceded more goals than they've scored. They've only scored thirteen goals yeah. in nine games. They, but the bigger picture, though,
1: Dave. They are improving. You have to admit because they had a horrible start yes, to the yes, season. Yes, they are.
0: Well, yeah, because they're improving. They got beat four nil by Brentford. Yeah,
1: um, what's been the biggest change? Um, don't do you me
0: think? wrong. We got beat 5 too.
1: Um, apart from obviously all the new players starting to figure out a play together and all of the usual stuff and-
0: yeah my mind drifts to the you know the 70 million pound mm-hmm. center back starting to play well and the 95 yeah. million pound striker starting to play well and the 80 million center back not playing you know yeah, yeah. realizing that Jens Sanchez is a footballer and you know not yeah. just some hype man that they have in the changing room. in the change
1: spectacular dive himself actually in the highlights against Newcastle I noticed. A little bit of a swan dive reminiscent well, of go. Prime Didier Drogba throwing well, his go. arms and legs up um, in
0: the air. I mean Drogba is a great footballer so you know he probably do do learn a few things off of him. Um, but yeah going back to the game yeah. it's at Old Trafford so it's going to be difficult because it's an away game for you guys. Manchester United are not terrible it makes me sad, sad mm. to say it they're not terrible, but I do believe that there is a gap between third and fourth for a reason. You know, Potter might get Chelsea going. He might not. I feel like, you know. Yeah. Even
1: though they're in, they're in the following Todd match. Burley.
0: Todd Burley is literally yeah. three three wins in a row away from giving Graham Potter a job for life and three losses yeah. away from sacking everybody who's ever So you met. think it's
1: a clear top um, four and then the rest and they're in the rest.
0: I think there's a clear top three, and the rest is the rest. Okay. And I think between Manchester United, Chelsea, Newcastle, Liverpool, it's up for grabs that fourth spot. Yeah. And uh, I, but I will say I will be shocked if it is Manchester United because I think they're the fourth best out of those
1: four. Teams. So their their last five games have been inconsistent. Admittedly, they have played a mixture of teams have played some pretty tough opposition. They just drew with Newcastle, who are, of course, our next opponent following them. They beat Everton away 2-1. They lost 6-3 to Man City with that ridiculous game. They beat Arsenal 3-1, which is obviously a huge result. And they beat Leicester at home, which that was back when Leicester were absolutely terrible. So, Elio, I know you hate Old Trafford for so many reasons. Um, Are you a bit worried about this game?
2: Always. I mean, this is just a fixture where growing up, no matter what happened, no matter how well we played, It's just brought us heartache and whether it was sort of being up against them and then Mark Clattenburg deciding to give them a non-existent penalty and we lost <laughs> our heads and ended up losing whether it's um, Pedro, Pedro Mendes goal not being given from the halfway line when it was a good sort of meter past the line when it crossed the goal line I mean we, we just get screwed whatever happens at that stadium yeah. we managed to change that around with a few victories there in, in more recent times I think we've probably done better there than we have at home against them actually yeah, um, I think so, uh, yeah. There was obviously one under AVB. There was one under Tim Sherwood somehow, three I there? think.
1: Not that long ago.
2: I think... Uh- I think we did yeah, yeah. Um, in fact if I remember correctly that one was on my birthday uh, a few years ago so oh no no we lost three Reno there on my birthday oh. sorry that's oh, bad that's, yeah, um, that, that is bad that's <laughs> right. very different yeah but, um, but we we generally have not had the rub of the green against Manchester United yeah. at Old Trafford and part of that is because they were the best team in the country for the majority of two decades so... I think it's easy to let the
1: trauma of decades go by you, but then you've got to remind yourself haven't you that these players most of them didn't Grow up watching Spurs and everyone else for that matter getting hammered by Man United every weekend at Old Trafford. I suppose that they must see Old Trafford Absolutely. not as this impenetrable fortress theatre of dreams that it once mm. was. Although their their home form
2: man not- Old Trafford is it's like the Delhi alpi which I think doesn't exist anymore. But still, <laughs> it's like the Delhi alpi it's Sorry, Dave. Like, uh, this does still exist. Like the- it's like the burnabout. It's like the Camp Nou. It's one of those days where they could go another 10 years without doing anything. Yeah. And so I mean, same as Anfield. Yeah. Liverpool won. How much in in such a long period of time? Absolutely mm. nothing. And yet Anfield was still seen as some absolute terror of a stadium to go to. So yeah. it, it's going to be hard. And Man United do have some good players. Ericsson's uh, turning out to be a decent player for them as obviously uh, we knew he would be. Like Dave said, Sancho is kind of remembering how to be a footballer. Yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo is trying to make some kind of argument to play, though I think we might see rash Did you never us. was against Newcastle? Yeah, it, it was ridiculous so silly, uh, it? claiming that they'd already taken a yeah. free kick. Like, at his age, he shouldn't be so petulant, but he's having a frustrating time. The poor Lamb, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure his sort of 40 million a year, whatever it is he's on, makes him feel much better. I'm on. sure but it is. I th- I just think that player for player we are probably a better side but mm. this is Spurs at Old Trafford this is just a bit of a bitch of a game for us I think Ten Hag will probably I mean hopefully he's still got some kind of PTSD <laughs> from the last time he oh faced God, us of and ends up just that doing I did, something that stupid that didn't even like- click in
1: my mind that that was him the Lucas Moura in again. goal
2: or something. But, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you Maybe think we, we should, should play just Lucas? Lucas Mora. <laughs> just, to, just to trigger him,
1: or just have Lucas walk out and sit next to him on the bench and just stare him down for ninety minutes, <laughs> <laughs> just to get in his head. I
2: can see it being one of those games where both teams, big atmosphere as well, yeah. both teams absolutely go for it, and it's going to be a bit of a lottery. Yeah, to tell you I the can truth. see truth I mean, a lot of Man United Spurs. Yeah a lot of Man United Spurs games over the years have been that it's yeah. that they always had better players than us so they always won It's going to be a but, lot closer to the Frankfurt um, game
1: the Everson game one way or another I think in terms of just madness I, I there'll be a red fair. card there'll be a controversial mm. VAR there'll be an own goal there'll be a wonder goal I mean just look at the last time we played where we lost Maybe a death We lost we, <laughs> Jesus that escalated quickly We well, the last time we played them, Ronaldo just r- spontaneously decided to become peak Cristiano Ronaldo and score a hat-trick didn't he so that was ridiculous and then I think the time before that was the match that saw Nuno get sacked wasn't it so there's always something something happening unfortunately their last game was not quite so eventful against Newcastle it was a 0-0 I've watched the highlights from what I've seen I think Newcastle probably had the better of it in truth and Newcastle are a good team so that's not a shock but let's talk about Newcastle shall we because I think I'm not going to say they surprise everyone, but I think they've definitely at least lived up to expectations after a really good second half of last year. And defensively, certainly, they look really solid. And uh, something's starting to take shape here. I said at the beginning of the season, outside shot for top four and was laughed at by a few people. I think I'd still be laughed at, but I think certainly maybe top six or seven is on the cards for them. What do you think?
2: My opinion is just that Eddie Howe is a really, really good manager. Mm. They made clever signings as opposed to glamorous signings. And yeah, the result is that good players that fit a system with a good manager are Playing well. Yeah. It's as simple as that. That's
1: the thing, isn't it? We talked about this before. We were shocked that they didn't just start buying marquee signings and going full on sort of QPR slash early days Man City, just throwing money around for the sake of it. They're buying sensible, unglamorous, boring, including Eddie Howe, it must be said. You know, it's not exactly Galactico manager, considering who they probably could have got.
0: I could argue that they're doing quite similar to what Manchester City did. I mean, they did spend some money, yeah. and to be honest, Newcastle spent money as well, but, you know, they. They bought um, well. Who was the first? Like, what were you? You were casting an elite uh, player that City signed. Elites. Robinho. Yeah, the Robinho. First, that's that's, that's the a of Was like thirty
1: million back then. And, and, yeah.
0: and basically, and that was. And, but it 30 30 million was a, was a, a lot. lot. That, that, was the, that was the obvious world class football. Mm. That yeah, they that they was the and, statement and, and, signing. Newcastle did the same in terms of Bruno Guimaraes. Mm. He's obviously better. Than, is that is that <laughs> on the, the same level though?
1: I think inflation wise, I think so. Thirty two million back in. Is
0: it is it a starter that plays for Brazil? Yes.
1: Fair enough. Okay.
0: Um, yeah. So you know, I think I think he'll be a start. He'll be at the World Cup, and mm-hmm. and I think he'll also play. for unless unless he ends up going somewhere much bigger like the Real Madrids of this world, I would imagine that in five years' time, when Newcastle are a perennial top four team, Bruno Gimare will be the captain. So I think for that reason, I think that's that's smart money. Yeah. And you know, it worried me. It, it worried me when they started buying players that they were buying yeah. sensible players. You hope you know, they're not going to buy like and Hulk a very sensible and Oscar signing. Dan Byrne was a sensible side. Yeah. Like, although, I bet something in the back of their minds, in you know, was Amanda Staveley's back of Amanda Staveley's mind is just thinking, oh, killing Mbappe is unhappy at PSG. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> imagine if they just went for it, went for it. just I- 300 million. Just it might be interesting.
1: To, just, just, I'd okay. rather that than he goes to like Liverpool or God forbid Man City. Jesus, can you imagine that? Anyway,
0: well, imagine imagine that if if it was Mbappe versus Holland in the Premier I feel, League similar so like that's you Ronaldo and Messi in La Liga. It's just
1: free PR, isn't it? I mean, they need that if they're going to be the next Ronaldo, and Messi. And I I say need very loosely. Neither of them nearly ah. needs anything.
2: Mbappe wants to go to Real Madrid. He yeah. regrets not having done it. They'll the probably both end Scott. up
1: there together. I think is probably the most likely thing to be fair because they can both. Playing the same team, I imagine. Anyway, we were going off on a tangent. Um, Let's have a little snapshot of the league now because we're going on a little bit and we've still got to do a challenge Elio as well and a few things to talk about. So let's just have a little overview of the league. So. um,
0: We don't have to look at the league. Sorry, Dave. We do, I'm
1: afraid. we, We do have to look at the league. The league's not looking terrible because obviously Liverpool, I mean. I don't know Elio what do you think of the Liverpool result were you rooting for Liverpool because obviously I know they're way behind us but they are still Liverpool as they demonstrated today is there a part of you thinking Man City can run away with it and we'll focus on second or are you actually happy that they got some points not off them today it's a tough one isn't it
2: Liverpool are a good side Manchester City are a great side I'd like us to be competing with Manchester City we're more likely to be competing with Liverpool yeah so longer term I guess you'd say I would have preferred a Manchester City win but shorter term we're level on points despite apparently having had yeah. an awful start to the uh-huh. season we're level on points with Manchester City 10 games with in the unstoppable and runaway freight said, train of Erling Haaland. exactly and I always said look at the table after the 10 game mark and not until then and we're sitting in third level with second mm. Manchester City so it's not all bad yeah. um I don't think I really had any skin in the fight today. I just wanted to see a good game yeah. of football, which thankfully around the fiftieth minute it started <laughs> yeah. to become a good game of football after being an absolute snooze fest. Mm. So I think, yeah, I I just turned it on to watch two heavyweights slug it out, and by the end of that match they did not disappoint. And you know what? I'm I'm finally I'm I'm really glad that we've finally seen a Liverpool City game where they play like they hate yeah. each other instead yeah, of just sort of each other's starters. Yeah. Exactly. But, you
0: know they totally the do that. The fixture the infamous fixture computer. Yeah. They should totally do that. They should just play all the big games Right at the beginning of the season, and right well, at the end, going of the right season, to the end aren't they play Liverpool City, play Tottenham, well, Arsenal, Arsenal, Man play the Manchester United, play Chelsea, Chelsea against Man against Man Arsenal, play them postponed. all in the first five weeks so that nobody has an understanding of where the league is and they can just all absolutely <laughs> go for it. And then they can have the really stressful ones at the end where it's always it's basically a and it's like You're, you're effectively suggesting playoffs at nothing. the end.
1: That's what it would be effectively. We're going to have like super duper Sunday at some point after World Cup.
0: It would be like the end of Super League, yeah. yeah essentially, where where everybody's just jostling for that final position because exactly. Well, it won't be because it's the Premier League and, you know, yeah. Fulham will beat Tottenham. Well for example. Elsewhere.
1: Um, as we already mentioned, obviously, unfortunately, thanks to VAR. Leeds could not do us a favour and Arsenal have extended their lead at the top, so they appear to continue to be the real deal for the time being. Let's hope that all comes falling down soon. Mm. Um, Chelsea have gone a little bit under the radar, I think. They've picked up very well under Potter and they could actually be within a point of us if they win their next game, which is Brentford away. Uh, they're game in hand, I should say. So they're actually creeping right up behind us. So we need to keep the pressure on. Man City have got Brighton home, but they've actually got that the following week. So we could actually overtake, or we, we should overtake Man City with a result temporarily this week anyway. And then Arsenal have got Southampton away in their next game. So we, we could have use a few... To them, yeah, we could use a couple of heavyweight clashes in there, couldn't we? Just to sort of take points off each other. But anyway, I'll ask you this every week. And uh, I know it's, it's still a little bit too early to really make any calls, but... You're happy with how things look at the moment, aren't you, overall? You'd have taken this beginning Um, of the season 10 games in. If someone had shown you this league table, you'd have said, give me that. 100%
2: 100% yeah. I mean obviously not thrilled about who's on top but <laughs> we're third in the league we've we've been scoring lots of goals we've been improving in our football bit by bit as well I think like I said second half yesterday was the best football we've played we actually came up against a packed defence and found a way through so yeah I'm very very pleased and uh, obviously top of the Champions League group with our fate in our hands there as of well course. not to be sniffed at so no. long may it continue now let's make sure that we're still in every competition possible after the fake world cup when by beating nottingham forest in the league cup in a couple of weeks too so that we can progress there as well exactly
1: brilliant well look, that's enough for the timing i think it's probably time to move on to challenge Day. but before i do just a quick update to tell everyone to please follow us all on twitter follow the podcast account that's the main one that's the big one that's at plus dave podcast you can follow me at plus dave dags you can follow dave at fantasy dave and elio at elio underscore p underscore thfc. Almost forgot your Twitter there, earlier. You've obviously not been active enough. You're not in my <laughs> mind. Um, for those of you who are obviously desperate to hear how my quote-unquote viral tweet went last week, we ended up with about 1,200 <laughs> likes, which makes me a Twitter celebrity. <laughs> what how, what counts as viral on the internet? I don't know. Is, is viral a relative term? Is it, is it whatever you want can to count, I call it viral I mean it, guys, it's yeah. a thousand and plus. We're, we're doing pretty well so anyway there's loads of great stuff on our Twitter basically is what I'm saying so please please follow us right that is more than enough from me I think we can all agree so I think it's time for a bit more Elio who this season has been hosting Challenge Elio since the beginning of the year if you happen to be new and you're not familiar with our podcast we do a trivia game at the end of every episode or nearly every episode we didn't do one last week because it was just the two of us so it's the long awaited return and it's Elio asking us questions about Spurs and just about general football normally with a theme linked to some of the games that we've just had or are coming up so who knows we might have some man united related questions coming up dare i suggest elio take it away
2: Hi, so once again, this week, I bring you some nice, well-researched questions that should provide a nice platform for Dave to once again beat (laughs) Dagus at a game about the team Dagus. You know, I used to look forward uh, to this. Let's see how we go. I used
1: to look forward to this.
2: I mean... Either way, last season it was me winning every time. This season it's me enjoying how silly you look every time. So there, there's. I'm not sure what I prefer <laughs> being shown
1: up by a Leeds fan on questions earlier. about Spurs or being shown up for getting the questions wrong when asking questions about Spurs. I'm not sure what's more humiliating. But either way, let's get on with it.
2: I think at this point you just denounce your Spurs membership, <laughs> go off and support Leighton Orange or someone and uh, <laughs> Leeds. and uh, hand over the reins to this show. Maybe support Leeds, I'll yeah. You, you probably know about as much about them. <laughs> <laughs> um so let's see. Uh okay, so three questions as usual today, one based on what's happened, one based on what's upcoming, and of course the who am I, which we know Dave will win. Um but maybe Daggis, you can pick up some points elsewhere. I'm playing for We pride. have now recorded. Playing for pride from the start. Yeah. You're playing for pride.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like
1: Burton Albion against Man City in the cup. It's just a fairy tale. Well, they. D- I'm just here for you a good want, time. W-
2: when you want, when you want to win a game, they do say that you should start off as if you're already losing. So, well, um, it's like the um, let, let- the
1: team talking football manager. So, like, just go out there and enjoy yourselves. No one expects anything from you today. Go out there and have fun. That's what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> there are no prizes for participation here, Doug. If you lose, you're a loser. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, no, um, first question. Yeah. We have just recorded after 10 games our best ever Premier League start after 10 matches with 23 points. So these questions are all going to be slightly related to that little nugget. Uh, five questions on that. First of all, last season, how many points did we have after 10 matches? You can both write your answers down and whoever's closest will get the points.
1: I'm I'm doing some maths here, I'm guessing. After, after 10 games, yeah?
2: Yeah, how many points after 10 games last season?
0: What do you want us to do? Do you want us to like three, two, one 2, 1, chat um, at the same time? Because that won't be good for podcasting. Oh, do you have pen and paper post- to just write it down? Yeah, do you want me to put it in, the, in front of the camera? I, also not great for podcasting. I courses. am <laughs> as
1: unprepared for answering questions as I am for asking them, as you will not be surprised by. So I'm going to write my answer on a napkin. I've got a post it. If you can read it. <laughs> right here. I'm going to have to go and get paper though. Right. My guess is that. Which now feels very low. Oh, we're close. I've said 12. Dave has Ooh, said you 13. Are well,
2: Dave gets the points because last does. season after 10 matches, we had 15 points. Ooh, we 15 won five. 15 why, why did we get five rid of Nuno? He's no. done great. <laughs> well, that's what got him the sack, that 10th match against Manchester mm. United. So Dave predictably takes the points.
0: <laughs> you'd, have six, you'd have been sixth this season with 15 points. Well,
2: yeah. uh, I think last season we were probably very much mid-table at yeah. that point. Well, we were top after um, three or four games, weren't we? So, uh, you can it's each just um, it, yeah. shout out the season that you think it was. Mm-hmm. Which season did we have our worst start after 10 games, points total-wise?
1: Oh, uh, I think I know the season, but I don't...
0: Dave can go first, then. Dave can give an answer. I don't know the season. I just, I just think I know who the yeah, manager same. was. Yeah, same. I'm trying
1: to remember when it was. I think we've got the same answer and the same crucial missing piece of information. Uh, when was that? Let me write this down. All right. Can you read this, Elio? Oh, it just looks like a white screen, doesn't it? Oh, there we go. Oh, uh, no. Ooh.
2: And Dave is oh. right, Dax has put 9-10, Dave has oh, put 8-9, it was 2008 it was 2008
1: we won the Cup, oh, and sh- I'm really annoyed Yeah, right. I, I, normally I don't care when it, I get it wrong, I laugh it off, I'm annoyed at myself now. The like, <laughs> wonder around two points from <laughs> eight was, games, obviously, is what we're going for.
2: That was two points from eight games, then Rednap took over and changed things very, very yeah. quickly. But um, he only had two weird. of those games, so. Well, yeah, he only had two of those, so yeah, we had six on that occasion. Yesterday we finished up winners and it meant that we had 20 points for, well, over 20 points after 10 games for this season. Uh, Obviously, we did anyway after five, but how many other times have we managed to record 20 points plus after the first 10 games? In In the Premier League? League. In the Premier League. In the Premier League. Football didn't start before (laughs) 1992.
0: It's because Leeds won the league and everyone. went, well, we can't have that. So let's just, <laughs> let's just get football. In the
1: interest of pretending I have a chance of getting this right, you're asking how many times have Spurs recorded how many points in...
2: 20 points plus. Okay. In the Premier League era. Uh, I got, I got, I got my it ready. There yeah. is a lot of randomness to this round, I, I'm, I'm well aware. Hold it a little bit go. further away. Dagus has got that right. Dave, Dave it is not one. insulting. It is six times daggers you got that absolutely six right times. six times in
0: total i'd um, like to pretend i knew so that but we all know i didn't if i can either get it right or i can insult you in getting it wrong that's how <laughs> i win it it's like the time you said
1: that man united had won something like seven league titles or something yeah you didn't know so you just lowballed, Must low-balled try hard hard. Manchester. Yeah. yeah exactly
2: which manager oversaw our previous best first 10 games and i can tell you how many points that was that was 22 points
1: so that was so pre- our second best in the Premier League, and, League era our, in our the second Premier best League start era. basically
2: remembering that once upon a time it was only two points for a win and 20 points after 10 games would have been phenomenal that would have been great going
1: oh uh... I, I, now you've thrown me because I was thinking I was thinking Premier League and now suddenly I'm going way back.
2: And it is Premier League. Oh, it, is. it is Premier League. Oh, sorry. Yeah, oh. yeah all my. I know oh, when you started no. talking about
1: two points per game, I, I went way. I was thinking like no, 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 off no, the row, no, no. and we won. No. We won. I mean, Bill opening. Nicholson won anyway, his first eleven. Yeah, in that's games that's what I was 61. thinking. I was going to go with Nicholson as my guess. Okay, sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm holding it up. So, which manager got the second highest uh, in the Premier League? Era. Okay, I'm not sure about this one, but I'm going to try it. Occam
2: Dave has gone with Pochettino. Dags has gone with Mourinho. Both good answers, but both wrong. It was actually Harry Redknapp. Yeah,
1: Harry. I mean, I think that would have been my next guess, to be honest. But yeah, uh, it was Harry. Very good. It
2: was Harry Redknapp. That was actually in his fourth season when we were title contenders. Up until we bought Ryan Nelson and Louis Sahar. Oh yeah, um,
1: that's a surefire way to kill a title so, charge, isn't it?
2: That is a naught for both of you, which might mean that I'll have to find a quick tiebreaker. Just random guesses here. You can use buzzers if you want, or you can both just give an answer, because I don't expect either of you to be able to know this. It's something I needed a calculator for. What is our average first 10 games points total in the Premier League era? Uh, 18. No. And
1: Dagus? I'm going to go with like 12 it's 17. So Dave gets the point. 12. <laughs> We've been terrible for a lot of the Premier League, Dave. You've never got relegated. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a bit low, isn't it?
0: But it's a bit
1: low. <laughs> That's
2: um, that's basically Coventry up until they finally went down. Yeah. I didn't give that
1: too much of a thought.
2: <laughs> so as... Well done, Dave. As I think everyone could have predicted, yep. Dave wins the first round. To so the shock of nobody. Yeah, buddy. So this is going to be buzz around stuff. So we have games upcoming against Manchester United and Newcastle. Question one Who scored the winner against us to clinch the treble? Well, to clinch the title in Man United's treble season uh, in
1: 1999? Go on. Andy
2: Cole. It was yes. Andy Cole with an absolute nice. phenomenal lob over Ian Walker um, oh, Arlene, yeah. off of a half volley didn't have to be that big. He's not a very tall man. <laughs> well, that's true. He was probably doing uh, his hair. We actually took.
1: <laughs> laughing about so we that. actually
2: took the leads in that game we were 1-0 up Les Ferdinand almost looked guilty for scoring because had we won Arsenal would have won the title but uh, David Beckham put one that. past and Walker that was such a Kyle weird game
1: that was such a weird game everyone wanted us I to lose I still wanted us to I win I you did I feel like I you w- were the only one because I, I ne- we were all, how old were we I never wanted us to lose we were lose. kids weren't we so um, I think the-
2: 99 so I'd have yeah, been 14 so
1: most 14 year olds would be very much of the school of screw Arsenal and to hell with everything else
2: mm. Yeah, I mean or anyone on Twitter these days as well mm. um between Spurs and Newcastle, which team has won more matches in their head to head? Buzz,
1: uh surely Newcastle. Plus,
2: no, Spurs. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, that was going to be my second guess in fairness, aren't you?
2: I would give that over <laughs> to Dave, <laughs> but I feel like just, giving, just giving, to tap giving it just on the to line. Spurs. <laughs> Dave knows better than to answer like
1: first in the 50-50s. He's really confident <laughs> that I'm going to get them wrong. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which Manchester United player was sent off the last time Spurs beat Manchester United?
1: Oh, wow, that's a good question. And we talked about that game as well.
2: That was it the I think
1: one. it was Eric Bailly
2: Incorrect. Dave, do you want to take this? It was the sixth one. Um, if you remember the incident, Graham Souness described uh, Eric Lamella as a little bit Latin after the match. <laughs>
1: Classic Sinus. Okay. For which
2: he had to apologise. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Shockingly. Oh God.
0: Um, well, if Graham Sinus is talking about it, then I'm just going to go with Paul Pogba. guess.
2: Oh, <laughs> close, but actually it was his compatriot, Anthony Martial, who oh, got I wouldn't have got got sent I off. didn't remember that. So, Spurs took a while to win in the Premier League against Manchester United. They took even longer to win in the Premier League against Manchester United at Old Trafford. Under which manager did we achieve this? Boys. Go on. Go on. Potch.
1: No, uh, not
2: quite that long. I'm gonna go over to you, daggers oh, It's
1: between two. I'm gonna go Martin Yol.
2: It was not Martin Yol, it was a bit later it than that. Who was your other was choice gonna be? It wasn't nap No, no, no oh, really it wasn't
1: I feel a little bit better.
2: It was A V B, but I don't think I can give you the no, points for no, no, that one. No. Uh it we was AVP. We've had a lot of managers.
1: <laughs> 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 We've had a lot of managers I've like I've tried to forget you see. That's my excuse.
2: So from four questions between you, you have one. So (laughs) when it's not a lottery, it's actually... Well, I don't care if Dave doesn't know much about Spurs. He's a Leeds fan, but dang, what the hell? Um, (laughs) But you are are still winning this prize. You'll be glad to know.
1: Yeah, okay, fine. (laughs) So
2: when Newcastle got relegated in 2015-2016... They beat us on the final day. That was the year that we were behind Leicester all season. They, everyone joked about us finishing third in a two-horse race, all that Spursy rubbish. That idiot from Countdown called us bottle jobs in her one and only ever presenting gig. What what's her name? I can't Rachel remember. Wiley? The, the the blonde one that replaced that's Do I get the a one point yeah. Uh, no, no, you don't. Um so, you <laughs> <so> <laughs> what I want to know is what the score was what, what was the score uh, when Newcastle beat us uh, on that final day? <sighs>
1: I'm almost certain it was five one.
0: It was yes. five one. Oh. You got yeah. beat by, by a relegated, relegated Newcastle, team. yeah.
1: With, with Musa Sissoko running the show. Second. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I remember because my boss, God. my boss at the time was a Newcastle yes. fan, and you can imagine that Monday. Absolutely savage.
0: I can't even imagine that Monday. He <laughs> you was wouldn't have a gone go in whilst playing in the Championship. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you wouldn't have gone <laughs> in, would you? It's too embarrassing. That's insane. That's like that's like Wigan winning the FA Cup and getting relegated. The worst thing is that's probably not the most embarrassing <laughs> defeat we've talked about just on this episode. The Man City one <laughs> was probably worse. Oh Spurs, wow. how far you've come!
2: Mm, quite. We hope. So, who am I? A series of well-researched facts that will hopefully lead... <laughs> I love
1: these passive-aggressive jabs. I love every time Well-researched. <laughs> <clears throat> Unlike what it used to be. Anyway, continue.
2: Hey, I can read Wikipedia.
1: <laughs> you think considering how <laughs> instrumental it was in my degree, I would be better at it, but apparently I cannot. Sadly continue. not.
2: Uh, so let's kick this off. I refused to wear a gambling sponsor on a kit for religious
1: reasons. Now, don't get too worried by this, Dave.
2: If you know, if you know your religious education, then this is something that could help you get there very quickly. Well, unsurprisingly,
1: I paid Dave, no attention.
2: Dave is going. F- Dave is going for uh, to outdo my Michael Dawson. Dave, who are you going to say?
1: Wait, don't say it because yeah. I want to think. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to let you have the first ad, but I just want to think just to see if I would have said the same person.
0: I mean, I might be wrong.
1: I, I just All know right. this guy. Did I do think that. I think I've got a guess that I would have said. But you go, you've buzzed in. Well, I I know that Freddie Canute did that.
2: We have our first ever.
1: <laughs> do you know what's horrible? horrible. you you, you got to just take me at my word for this. That was going to be my guess. Because I remember that I- Too easy, in,
0: Elio. You, you, you're doing too easy. I need, to, I, I need to be challenged. I actually
1: remember hearing about that. And I was just like, I, I didn't remember specifically that it was him. But I remember the story and that made sense. <laughs> oh, God. Elio, that Elio is how incredible. do you feel? Your record's been broken. Shattered. I mean, it can't be beaten. That's it. I, it's like it can't be beaten. That's like that's like winning all like three games to, in the league. It's just he's got,
0: he's got a busy busy work week coming up. <laughs> he just might have to get off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> his, his other, I am his South his other, Korean.
1: His other, his other first clue was <laughs> I am six foot two. <laughs> my first name is Freddie. <laughs> well,
2: actually, if I'd got to tell you my other clues, you'd have found out he's six foot four. So maybe is I should he? take that victory oh, away from you. That
1: would have thrown me way <laughs> off. At least,
2: so, um, a few clues that I jotted down. He was managed by Harry Redknapp, Glenn Hoddle, and Juan de Ramos. He's won the UEFA slash Europa Cup or League twice, scoring in both finals. He's also won the Copa del Rey twice, played for two London clubs. He moved to the Premier League from Lyon, 23 goals in 38 international caps. We paid 3.5 million for him. Freddie Canute scored 14 league goals for us in two seasons and has played refusing to wear a gambling sponsor, which is what gave it to. Dave just now. Mm. He played for one country at under twenty one level, France, and another at senior level, Mali. Okay. He retired in twenty thirteen playing in China. His middle name is Umar. He finished the top scorer in his first international tournament, but his team only got to the semi finals in that tournament. He scored off the bench on his Spurs debut against Leeds to win two one at the Old White Hart Lane. <laughs> Would you have known that one? And Dave? his strike. No, no. That I think that yeah, was the year you went down, down as well. Mm. That was a 304. A lot of losses. To and think his about. strike partners at days. Spurs were Defoe, Keane, Pastiga, and Mido, amongst others. So, Dave, that was absolutely incredible. Well, I, th- I think you deserve some kind of medal or belt or crown for some, that. Quite frankly, kind of I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think you've you've got you've done many good things in life. You've got a good <laughs> career, beautiful family,
0: but surely <laughs> that this that has, has to the rank as your all. number one achievement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is definitely the top of the chart so I'll, I look forward to the trophy presentation
1: I feel like I should have to present you with that I'll, trophy I'll donate,
0: obviously I'll donate to Spurs so that they can have something in their <laughs> if cabinet. you can
1: find space in the cabinet Dave you might have to move a few over <laughs> You know, yeah.
0: oh yeah, good point. You know, so so the who am most, I most most well-rounded striker in the Premier League for yeah, five yeah. years in a row. Exactly. You know, that get, huge. You that takes up a lot of space. So so the who <laughs> am
1: I game just turned into the Freddie Canute Appreciation Hour instead, didn't it? <laughs> that was just a list of facts about Canute <laughs> rather than an actual game. Um, do you know it has a nice ring to it? Freddie CD Yeah Yeah Canute. I, I think I could buy that. I think that would work.
2: <laughs> Honestly, I knew it was a good clue. <laughs> but I didn't think it was No, in your clue. defense that shouldn't
1: be a first rounder that's that's uh yeah I, that's not
2: I didn't expect Dave to remember that he played for us to remember that it was his biggest so, obstacle I mean,
1: most weeks remembering that this player really that he is. knows a hell of a lot about actually also played for Spurs that's how little he means to him <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's God. Like, there,
0: there is a there is a great Twitter account I can't mm. remember what it's called now I'll have to put it on on Twitter afterwards yeah. but it's it's players you did not realise played for I've those seen teams. That. And <laughs> it basically shows, shows the player in the shirt and you're like, that is so alien. The last one I, never last one I saw that, that
1: I completely forgot was Hoiberg playing at Bayern Munich. I was like, oh yeah. Well, there you yeah. go. Yeah. I think I've a lot of, maybe I'm being, I'm underestimating our fans, but I imagine a lot of people wouldn't know that. Speaking of Twitter, I saw a few fun tweets. One of them, a little shout out to AFC Gabiste on Twitter who tweeted, 50% of all Kane's goals are penalties. That's embarrassing. <laughs> And someone just replied with, "It's actually fifteen percent. You need to go back to school. That's embarrassing." So yeah, that's Arsenal fans for <laughs> you. Also, I don't know if you guys saw this, but there's a, a TikTok video going around being shared on Twitter that went a bit viral, suggesting that Delhi Ali's goal against Man United is better than Burkamp's against Newcastle. And you know what? I've given this a lot of thought, and I
0: agree.
1: I agree. Have you? You know the goal, I mean, don't you? Where he takes it down in the I know air, the goal, you it mean. between two defenders on the turn. And then just nonchalantly strokes it into the top I, corner.
2: I know the goal you mean, but we lost the game, so <laughs> it, it kind of It's like LaMella's Rabona against Arsenal before he then got sent off. It almost doesn't count anymore.
1: Everyone knows Burkhouse was a fluke anyway. Get him to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, quite. Brilliant. Well, look. Speaking of players that we talk way too much about with no good reason, he certainly is one of them. Dave, did you happen to catch our rent-free FC last week of players that we just can't is, stop talking yeah. about? I was thinking earlier, actually, Stefan Freund would feel a bit hard done by not to have made it somewhere into at least the honorable mentions there because no, I, I, I thought today. you,
0: were, I thought you were spot on. I, I basically named every player just before you. Did said you pause them. and think yeah, I can see to if myself. I can guess this? Yeah, uh, like yeah, definitely yeah, that yeah. guy. Definitely that guy. Yeah,
1: a lot of them were you doing. Mm-hmm. I must thrilled
0: that Lampard was heavily involved Yeah, totally agree in the sense that I'm pretty sure that you would absolutely smash that team
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you think but Rosenthal deserves absolutely. to be in the starting lineup over Haaland yeah
0: I think you have to work it so that they play together. Oh, that's the strike partnership that's, of that's, dreams, That's isn't it? a strike combination that everybody really wants.
1: Brilliant. Well, look, owing to a particularly short version of Who Am I this week, which I think is probably, we're all quite thankful for, given that we are pushing up an hour and a half already. We should probably call time on this episode. But of course, next week, we are going to be looking back on that Man United game and the Newcastle game as well by the time we record. And hopefully, we will be talking about yet another win and extending our particularly strong start to the season. Uh, any final thoughts from either of you before we wrap things up? Elio, anything to say? I think I'm going to retire. Who am I now? Yeah. It doesn't feel right anymore, does it? It's just like retiring the shirts.
0: You just got to make it harder, mate. It's fine.
1: Maybe. <laughs> and here's an idea. Given that he is the champion, maybe Dave should host Who Am I from now on. We'll leave that one until next week, maybe shall then. we?
0: I could, do, I could absolutely do that. I could absolutely do that. But let's we'll, we'll, quite we'll a pin in that think and we'll it. pick
1: it up next week.
0: We'll pick it up at some point. I'd like to apologise for beating Dagesa resoundingly this week that has made us all question why we're here and what we're doing with our lives. I'd also like to apologise for the referees in VAR letting Arsenal pull away at the top of the league, but someone's going to beat them and then they're going to fall apart. Trust me, that's my hot take. I can't think of any
1: better (laughs) note to end the podcast on than that. Dave, thank you and I sincerely hope you're right. But uh, let's talk about that next week and let's look back on those games and hopefully we've got a couple of wins to talk about. So until next time, stay classy Spurs fans and we'll see you next week. (laughs) It's <laughs> am